Uh, you just do it so much more sincere than Kate and I have ever done it. <laughs> also, I just need to talk about the crossover here because we just had Blink-182 and then we merged into... Ew! Like, our listeners are getting such a musical smorgasbord. Yeah, who needs Spotify? Just tune into Ball Blast and you'll be all set. <laughs> also, if you're on Spotify, uh, be sure to follow and subscribe and leave us all of those reviews on Spotify. Yeah, but if you're if you're cool, you're on iTunes and that's even better. Woo! Uh, anyways, welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Check out the Ball Blast Football website at ballblastfootball.com. So much good stuff going on there. It's pretty amazing. Make sure to go give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts app or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love us, we super appreciate it. And then make sure to go support the team over on Patreon to get some extra content. We have betting information that you get um, when you're our Patreon subscriber. We have a whole Discord community. Um, we do giveaways where we have jerseys and signed helmets each month. It's a it's a fun Michelle time over there. Michelle's been scouting uh, a couple of new Javante Williams yeah. helmets. It's gonna be sexy Antonio Gibson jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's patreon.com slash ball blast. Again, ball blast is one word in case you're wondering. There is no space. If you type in the space in Google, weird things come up. So weird things come up, including video yeah. games, which like, how dare you outbeat me in Google search engine optimization? So, you do get lots of great stuff. Michelle, you're forgetting to tell all of our Patreons about the fact that they get access to all of our DFS content for the season, all of our betting content, the live betting channel, which like we have the ball blast team dropping in live picks. So you can literally just win back the money you're using to help support our brand. And then a lot more, hopefully yeah, it's pretty awesome. So again, that's patreoncom slash ball blast. Uh, we decided for this month until at least the beginning of the season, we'll see if we want to extend it. We're going to pick one review that we love each week. Read out loud on the podcast, which we which have been, been doing, doing. Which we've been doing. Thank you, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> she was very excited, so excited to make sure to say that. But we're also going to give away a t-shirt if we read your review on the podcast. So if you hear your review, make sure to hit us up in the DMs. We'll try to find you, but it might be a little hard. So hit us up in those DMs. Give us your address, and we will send you over a shirt of whatever size you want. So this week comes from the Beave, the B-E-A-V, 1211. Who's Justice Beaver? His, <laughs> his title is Five Stars to the Moon and Back. The crew is fantastic and really feeds off one another in great conversation. Can't recall a time I didn't leave listening. We didn't leave listen to an episode where I didn't learn something new or hear something interesting with two fire emojis. I love the fire emoji. That's my thing too. Gotta go with that. These reviews make me so happy. This is the best way to start every episode. It really we get is. like this glowing 
words, this poetry being read to us. Makes me feel good. Yes, it really does. So keep those coming and we will pick one a week we love the most. Pretty much if you mention Zach Moss, you have a solid chance of winning. <laughs> no, don't do that. Uh, but anyways, Guys, our the, goal... beef, the beef, one, two, one, one, write us in DMs. Tell us your shirt size and your address and we will send you over a Ball Blast t-shirt. Also, I want to set a goal because the best goals are actionable. The best goals are measurable per nursing school. Um, we have 328 reviews on iTunes right now. If we can get that number to 400 before the season, we are all going to shotgun a white claw live on the show. I feel like that's not very Jake because we love white claw. He can shotgun whatever he wants. He can shotgun a beer. No, I will because this is a big number. I will not only shotgun a white claw. I will shotgun two if we get to 400 before the season starts. And I don't even like White Claw. That's how dedicated I am to this. And we will definitely tape that uh, live and watch us struggle and get that posted. So guys, if you want to see some real, real action, uh, which is like, let's face it, that's what brought you to Ball Blast in the first place. Please help us out. Leave us a review. It takes five seconds. Just say like, good stuff, my man. And move on. Yeah. That, or something better. Yeah, so th- maybe something yeah. better than that. But let's get into actual football because, you know, I don't like to chit-chat too much in the beginning of an episode, and we did that way too much. Shame on us. I'm very sorry. Today, we are going to in- getting into our wide receiver rankings for the 2021 season. Last week, we did running backs, and the week before that, we did quarterbacks. So if you missed those, go ahead, search back to last week and the week before, and go- give those a listen but we're going to discuss today our top 12 wide receivers and where we differ because I've noticed with this position specifically, we're pretty different in a lot of areas. It's, it seems like running backs, especially at the top, like a lot of similarities. Quarterbacks, quarterbacks, like pretty much the top 12 has a ton of similarities, but there's so many good wide receivers. It's so hard to fit them into the top 12. So I can't wait to get into that. But first, let's get into our talk of the town. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Talk of the town. You're the talk of the town. Talk of the town. All right. Preseason happens, right? And I feel like there wasn't a ton of huge information that came out, which is good, right? It means there's no massive injuries. No one is out for months after getting a stupid injury in preseason. So that makes Knock me, on wood. That makes me happy. We got through the first big week of preseason without that. But I'll say the one big piece of news that has people talking, Miles Gaskin, right? He's been a fourth, fifth round pick, pretty much fourth round pick. People have believed in him. He made it through the entire offseason without the team signing uh, a big free agent like Aaron Jones or Chris Carson. They were both believed to, you know, have some interest in going to the Dolphins. We all thought for sure the Dolphins were going to take a running back in the draft, and they didn't. And then we get into the first preseason game, and Malcolm Brown starts the game. And not everyone just starts. After their first three drives, Malcolm Brown had 16 snaps to Miles Gaskins' seven. And Malcolm Brown had most of the snaps with the first-team offense. And you might say, well, Miles Gaskin is the starter, so they're trying to keep him healthy. But it's like Gaskin was actually in with the second team playing with jo- Jacoby Brissett. So it has nothing to do with that. Jake, are you worried about Miles Gaskin? I try not to overreact to a single preseason game. 
But I was already a little bit nervous that somebody like a Malcolm Brown was going to steal his goal line snaps or some of them. He was going to vulture enough touchdowns to make him maybe not so uh, wonderful at his ADP currently, which I believe is hovering around 20 in that range. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm not like freaking out because I've never been heavily invested in Gaskin, but it's pretty interesting, I think. Yeah, and I'm not freaking out at all because I had Miles Gaskin. I picked him up off waivers last year in multiple leagues. And you know what I did this offseason? I sold him because there is, there was never going to be a higher ceiling than what you're selling for now, even if he ends up performing this year. You know, like how high of a ceiling is it really? I'm always going to sell those guys who have a running back two ceiling at max. I, I'm happy to sell them. So I got rid of all my Miles Gaskin shares. I was never going to touch him in the fourth, fifth, round ADP we loved him last year because you grabbed him off waivers and he could score you 10 to 13 points you know sometimes he put up those 17 point games but it felt so good because you got him for free like it's not gonna feel good when you dropped him in the fourth round over wide receivers like it you know you can grab a T Higgins or a Deontay Johnson or you know any of those wide receivers going in the fourth fifth round there's so many I can't imagine ever taking a Miles Gaskin over them what do you what do you think about this, Kate, with Malcolm Brown starting? Honestly, it, it comes down purely to draft capital, like uh, not NFL draft capital, but like fantasy football draft capital. Looking at all three of the Miami running backs, there's only one of them that is going the top ten rounds on average in terms of their draft position. Like that's a very big discrepancy because Miles Gaskin literally has been drafted as. Uh, like the 407 in PPR leagues. And though I like Miles Gaskin, I do think he did, like, watching the preseason game, he definitely passed the eye test. I think he looked, um, him and Ahmed really sort of looked very complimentary. Malcolm Brown, less so, but he was the one that got the touches, and he got the touches over and over. There's plenty of questions there, but for me, this all comes down to risk. And for me, the most risk is Miles Gaskin. I would pass on him. If I'm going to hit on any of them, I'd probably take Malcolm Brown in the 14th round. See, I'm not even touching him. I, I don't want I don't, I don't want any of them. But I'm saying if I have to pick one gun to my head, I'm going to take Malcolm see, Brown. If I, I have do to think... take one, it's Savan uh, Ahmed. By, like, if I'm taking one, it's going to be Ahmed in the very last round. If I even had to take him, maybe I'm just keeping a close eye on him on waivers. Um, like, Malcolm Brown's not going to score you any fantasy points, even if he does start. Even if he does get goal line carries, it's not going to matter. Uh, like, I still think Miles Gaskin looked by far the best um, over Malcolm Brown anyways. I thought Ahmed looked actually really good. Gaskin looked way better than Brown. Brown had nine carries for eight rushing yards. That's 0 0.9 yards per carry. And then you see Gaskin. Is that not good? No, that's not good. You see Gaskin <laughs> averaged 4.8. Ahmed averaged 6.7. He was going against more backups. But then Ahmed did have two receptions, 31 yards, and a touchdown through the air. Like, he looked super good. We saw him come in for Miles Gaskin last year and really perform. But then as soon as Gaskin came back, they put him back in. So we assumed Gaskin was the starter. I don't want any of them. Like the coach came out and said he wants to use a three-headed committee on a Dolphins offense. Like, uh, ugh, no. 
I don't want any. If I were to take one, I'm just keeping an eye on Ahmed. I'm not even taking him. Yay, yeah, we're out on dolphins altogether, basically, is what it sounds like. I mean, like. dolphins, the animal, love. Mm. We swam Adorable. with dolphins on our honeymoon, and I will tell you, we got some very cute pictures. One kissed me on the cheek, and another one lifted me into the air. I did. Got some very cute photos, but if I had to count on them as my RB2, nope. I would not pick either <laughs> of those dolphins, so... Moving There's on. just no reason to pick him when you know all of the other wide receivers are going to outperform them. Like, just take the wide receiver in that range. Uh, you can go grab a running back that's going to score 10 points per game. That's the issue. Later. Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson. Yeah, we're going to get going... into him. We're going to get into him. Don't worry. Woo! We're talking about wide receivers today. Yeah. And before we get into our love of Deontay Johnson or our wide receiver rankings, let's not forget to bring up our favorite online draft board. That's right. That's fandraft.com. Take your league's fantasy football draft to the next level with Fandraft. Uh, Fandraft makes your draft feel like the actual NFL draft with features such as streaming ticker, live draft clock, custom logos, team walk-up songs, my favorite, multiple draft board displays, and more. Fandraft can be used offline for in-person drafts where you just project the draft on whatever screen you want or on your wall. It's a blast. Uh, Or, you know, you can do it online, remotely, either one that you want. It takes away all of the annoying stickers and all the annoyingness and just makes it fun. You don't have to watch your dudes scramble looking for the alphabet. The alphabet. Oh, my goodness. I just did a draft, and I swear to God, guys do not know how to find stickers. I get that they get unorganized right but you're still just looking for the letter oh my god guys can't do it guys Guys can't do it we did the same draft michelle yes and i was looking for running backs and i was like so my guy isn't here i was like but i know my guy would have a sticker so i'm looking through the thing and i'm looking and i'm looking and finally i glance over at the other piles of stickers my running back was with the kickers Stuffed into the kicker. Yeah. Like, that would never happen on my online fan draft draft and board. It, it, that's the thing. So it takes away that, but it looks just like your sticker draft. Like, they make it look like that. It's a blast, and you can boo your it's picks. A you can cheer your picks. Um, it, it's just a good time. You can go do a free trial and see everything you want over at fandraft.com. If you decide you love it and you want to make a purchase, make sure to use promo code BALLBLAST15 for 15% off your purchase. Again, that's BALLBLAST15 for 15% off your purchase at fandraft.com. All right, it's time to get into the thick of it. I was going to say the meat of it. Ew. <laughs> so, Jake, I feel like... What is the meat? Like, what kind of meat is it? Hamburger or no. uh, brisket? It's a beef stick. It's jerky. I was going to say, it's Jake... Filet mignon. Which is your favorite position for fantasy to talk about? Because I feel like mine is very clearly running backs. Uh, Jake, what do you have a preference for your favorite position to talk about? Mine is wide receiver because there is so much depth and so much difference in opinion over these. So I'm just going to say, this is my favorite episode that we're doing right now. Kate, what's yours? I do think that I love running backs. I love watching running backs, obviously. Like Michelle and I have talked about this. We love contact. We love yards after contact. We love the nitty gritty. But 
there is something absolutely beautiful about a pristine wide receiver. There's something pristine about a clean route run and a crisp uh, adjustment in your route. I just, I, wide receivers are very pretty. And I do, like Jake, I think there's more variability among wide receiver rankings than there is running back rankings, as evidenced by the differences in our rankings. Yes. Like here, it's well, they're very different. Before Kate, I don't know what Kate, Kate. I was writing a poem. She's definitely used word of the day toilet yes. paper for the last yes. few weeks to come up with that. Kate's enthusiasm no was way more than I expected. Guys, to come out of the, uh, the hi- shout out to the Hyatt who had word of the day okay. toilet paper in Canton, Ohio, for the fantasy football expo. I would not have asked you if I known you were going to get that description. <laughs> I I could get more descriptive about worse things. Let's get into our rankings because we got to get through 12 of them. And you know, we talk a lot. So the number one, Jake and I are very, very smart. We have the same wide receiver one. There's no way you can have anyone else but this dude, except if you're Kate, it's Devontae Adams. I mean, there's really no argument against him when he's on the field. He dominates. He dominates. Scored 25 points per game last year. Uh, 63% of the time he was a wide receiver one. Uh, and he's just he's just so good. And Aaron Rodgers is back. There's really nothing else you have to say about him. Devontae Adams is clear-cut wide receiver one for me. Kate, you have Calvin Ridley as your wide receiver one. How in the world are you going to explain Calvin Ridley over Devontae Adams? And now I do want to tell the listeners, she's not just saying this for a hot take. I've seen her in drafts, multiple drafts now. Take Calvin Ridley before Devontae Adams. She takes Calvin Ridley as the first wide receiver off the board. So you're believing in your own take, which I respect, but how in the world is he over Devonta Adams? You shouldn't be surprised about this, first of all, because I've been saying it literally for about two months, guys. Like, this is not a hot take. I think it was about 15 episodes in the Hate to Blast Your Bubble episode. Can you even remember back that far? Probably not. There are new listeners that have never heard that episode I was touting Calvin Ridley as an easy, like easy, easy, easy top five wide, five wide receiver in 2021 comes down to a couple of things. Obviously, the departure of Julio Jones does not hurt, okay? Julio Jones averages just 17 million targets per game. In Calvin Ridley's eight games without Julio Jones, in his career, he's averaging 11 Targets per game. That is a 16 game for uh, 16 game pace for 178 targets in a season. That is fantabulous. Wondering about the receiving yards? Oh, don't you worry. In his eight games without Julio Jones, he is averaging 107 receiving yards per game. What in the world? That is a 16 game pace for 1,700 receiving yards. Calvin Ridley is already a guy we know the Falcons like to use in the end zone. We don't have Calvin Rid- or we don't have Julio Jones there to uh, snipe off any of those extra touches. Maybe we siphon some of those off to Kyle Pitts, but I mean Calvin Ridley is the focal point of this offense. He is the veteran in this offense. I mean, in the wide receiver room, what competition is there? Are you going to talk to me about? Olamide Zacchaeus, because I'm not even sure that's how you say his name, because I've never heard it out loud. People are going to scream at you, Russell Gage and Kyle Pitts. No. Well, I said wide receiver. Okay, so Russell Gage. 
don't care. And basically Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, basically Kyle Pitts. Y'all are underrated. I do. Hayden Hurst. I but... think Calvin Ridley is going to be great this year. I have him as my wide receiver three. And so does Jake. So talk Jake about, and I are on the same You talk field. about opportunity. You talk about a productive fantasy quarterback. I think uh, what it comes down to, right? So Devontae Adams last year had 1,374 yards in 14 games. Devontae Adams has had a lot of trouble staying healthy, right? Like he's missed four games in 2019, two games in 2014, two games in 2017. So it's like he's playing most of the season, but he does miss a couple games. A little, a little something to worry about. Um, I, I do think they're going to be quite similar in targets and maybe even receptions. Do probably you even receiving yards. I think what it comes down to are the touchdowns. And we know Devontae Adams is going to score double-digit double touchdowns for sure. Like, for sure, no doubt. He scored five in 12 games last season, but that's fine. No, okay. That's a good point. That's a good point. Also, I d- like, you're not projecting him to regress from 18 touchdowns in a four... Like- oh, 1,000%. I, pro- I project him to regress to, like, 12, you know? And I, you got to project 16 games because you got to do that with everyone, and- but... Devonte Adams has never exceeded thirteen hundred and eighty-six receiving yards. Okay, but he had thirteen seventy-four in, you know, fourteen games last year, so he would have hit fifteen hundred. I I love Calvin Ridley this year. I really, really do. It's just Devonte Adams seems so much safer to me. Jake, I'm sorry. You you should you know this is your boy. Like, how do you? I've been keeping it in. I've been I've been holding it in as much as I possibly can. Jake, I'm so sorry. I need to cut you off here. Uh, Calvin Ridley and Devontae Adams had the same number of receiving yards last year, and I just realized it. 1,374 receiving yards. Calvin Ridley played one more game. Yeah, it's kind of wild. He did have uh, nine fewer touchdowns, but yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of the, the thing, right? So my biggest argument, and yeah, I still love Ridley. Like I said, we have him at three. It's not as if we are off of Calvin Ridley by any means. I do wonder with those splits that you mentioned there, of course, those games where Julio was not playing, who was his competition? It was Russell Gage and Olamide Zacchaeus, however you pronounce it. And now you have Kyle Pitts, who arguably could be just as good as Julio Jones if the hype is true. Okay, that's a, that's a, obviously the ceiling there. If, if the hype is true, he's as good as Julio Jones in a tight end body, and now you have that competition for targets during those off games that you mentioned from the split. Now, Devontae, the reason I love Devontae, aside from just being a Packers homer, is yeah, the touchdowns, we can we can absolutely say they'll regress. But here's his touchdown percentage from his own team going back the last few years. Last year, 37.5% of his team's touchdown playing 14 games. The year before that, a big decrease. It was 19.2%. That was in just 12 games. Year before that, 52% of his team's touchdowns. The year before that, 40% of his team's touchdowns. The year before that, 30%. And he was competing with Jordy Nelson, who actually did better than he did that year. He is going to eat always in the end zone. And so that's why I'm so confident with him. Yeah, the injuries are a bummer. He hasn't played a full 16 uh, in quite some time, but I'm willing to take that little bit of a risk to maybe miss on him for a couple of games and then just eat for the rest of it. All right, so I think we both agree then, you know, Kate having Calvin Ridley over Devontae Adams is loco. Loco. It's a little loco. 
And that's uh, that is literally what our ball blast yes, I'm brain not, is built I know. on. I'm not saying it can't happen. I just can't imagine doing it. Because, you know, a Calvin Ridley season that we would love is a Devontae Adams season. How so often, I'll just take the player who does it. How often do wide receiver ones repeat their If you're Antonio Brown all the time. Boom. I, uh, I'm sorry. Who is Antonio Brown? Is he, it Calvin he had like Ridley four or? straight seasons. I'm, no, I'm saying like... Which one of these players that we're discussing is Antonio Brown? Listen, Devontae Adams did things mm. last year that only Hall of Famers have ever done. Hall That's of Famers what she said. do repeat uh, year after year. Moving on. <laughs> Our wide receiver, two. That's all we're at so far, guys. We need, a, <laughs> we need to get going here. All right. So I have Stephon Diggs. Jake has DeAndre Hopkins. Kate has Devontae Adams, who we just talked about. So clearly you think they're close, which is fine. So I have Stefan Diggs, which, by the way, is quite higher than the other two of you. Uh, Jake, you have him at five. Kate, you have him at six. He ended as a wide receiver three last year, and he was only uh, .03, 0.3 points away from Tyreek Hill at the wide receiver two. Um, what is your – why are you guys so worried about him? Why is he so low? I'm a little – not worried. I think that's the wrong word. But I'm expecting a little bit of overall regression from that offense here this year. Um, I think Josh Allen was amazing last year, and I think he's going to be incredibly good again this year. I just don't expect all of that to stay pat for this year. And so really it was just a matter of can I put him over Devontae? No. Can I put him over Calvin Ridley? No. And there's a couple of other guys that I do happen to have more confidence in that I think have a little bit more stability than Diggs. All right. All right. Kate, why why do you have him so low? Again, I don't think it's so low. Um, but I, I mean, I do. I think you're, if in you're putting comparison the guy who you. finished as a wide receiver three last year with Josh Allen in their very first year together and they just paid josh allen they're gonna be together now for hopefully a while we're not talking dynasty we're talking redraft no i know but i'm talking about this year like normally we say wide receivers are first year like you can't even count that right like they have to build a connection the second year is when you want them and it's like well stefan diggs literally led the league in receptions and receiving yards and he did that in his first year with josh allen and a new team so why are my, we now? Why in the second year are we all of a sudden fading him? When last off season we were saying Stephon Diggs in the second year with Josh Allen will be when we want him. I no, I like I totally understand the question and I get it. Um, and I've asked myself this a few times. I literally think it does, like Jake said, come down to my uh, projection for regression for this offense as a whole. Now, when you look at Stephon Diggs and his stats on the season, it's not necessarily, like, an efficiency thing. So, like, in his 2019 season, had uh, 17.9 yards per reception, which was by far above his career average. No, like, all of his stats were sort of, like, pretty on pace for what you would expect Stephon Diggs to have, except for the catch rate. Catch rate was 76.5% compared to his career rate of 70%, which, like, it doesn't seem like a lot. But when you're talking about 160 targets, a 7% difference is pretty a pretty decent chunk. Yeah, but um, the, the way Stephon Diggs plays, I don't – in that Bills offense – you know, he's getting passes that are highly catchable passes. Like, I don't expect that number to drop. I mean, we've seen him have another 75% year. It's not like it's 
out of the realm of possibilities for him. Uh, it's it's not like he's he typically plays low, but I'm just saying I'm I'm going to expect. 76 to drop closer to 73. That's fine, but don't you think having only eight touchdowns on 166 targets is widely low and that's also likely to go up? Especially with the amount of touchdowns that Josh Allen throws. Like, it's not like Josh Allen's not throwing touchdowns. Don't you think that's kind of going to regress to the mean, which would be upwards? It's not like Stephon Diggs has struggled scoring touchdowns in his career. Uh, He didn't have a lot of targets with the Vikings, but he didn't struggle scoring there. And then Josh Allen throws a ton of touchdowns, and Stephon Diggs only happens to have eight. I expect that to go up. I mean, again, you have to take that back to Josh Allen and whether or not you project any regression for Josh Allen. Like, what makes Josh Allen such a safe fantasy football pick, I think, is his his just overall rushing floor. Like, he is one of the safest rushers in the NFL, but... As far as his passing stats, you have to be a little concerned that you are going to see some regression. Like, he literally jumped from 52% completion rate to 58% completion rate to 69 completion percent. Like, I think it, you can expect completion percentage to come down. That's fine to like 66, 67. But touchdown but rate, you go from 3%. 6.5 is very reasonable. That's not a high, right? That's like, 6.5 is absolutely a high percent it's, touchdown it's a, rate. It's not, it's, it's not, not insane. It's not insane. It's but not your Lamar Jackson 9% or Aaron Rodgers 9.5%. No, this year. but Michelle, like we've, we've literally said that Lamar Jackson is at 6%, which is relatively high for most NFL quarterbacks. And I think my concern is the number of touchdowns in total is it jumps basically doubles from 2019 to 2020 from 20 passing touchdowns to 37 passing touchdowns. I, and this is hopefully going to endear me to you two both. I believe that they should find a way to incorporate the run game a little bit more this year than they did last year, which bodes well for your Zach Moss. Um, And if you are out there and like Devin Singletary, then fine. It bodes well for him too. But I think that is going to cut down a little bit overall on the passing volume. So If you're out there and you like Devin Singletary, you're probably not listening. (laughs) This is the thing, though. This is the thing. Josh Allen only had 572 passing attempts last year. It's not like it was absurdly high, right? He had 110 more passing attempts than the year prior. But all of this preseason. That is a big chunk. You have to think they're going to pass it that much again. There's no reason to change it. They made it to the AFC Championship. Yes, they need to get a more established run game and be more consistent They need to be a more balanced offense. But all of this preseason has been every single report pass heavy pass heavy pass heavy josh allen's on fire completes 15 of 15 passes all they're doing is passing in practice like they still have the same offensive coordinator and brian dable they won a lot of games they were 13 and 3 and they murdered teams like they went out and just killed teams they did very very well passing on first down that's what they did that was different instead of running you pass and they were very very successful Changing that up makes no sense. That's why, listen, I love Zach Moss and I love his talent. No, I'm not drafting him any earlier than the 10th round, right? Like I'll still take my dude because I know he's talented and if ever gets the workload, he's going to be amazing. Do I expect him to get the workload? No. And I do I expect him to be the lead back in this offense? Yes. But I, I still think this is a by far a passing team. They're not going to run as much as we want. 
And they're just like, so Josh Allen showed he's a very, very good passer. Like he improved in that area, expecting him just to go back and them to start running it. Doesn't make any sense when they were so successful doing it last year. And Diggs is good. Like I say, I have him at number five, so I'm not writing him off by any means. And it's very possible. He's one of the best route runners in the league. But what you are doing at five is you're saying you would not draft him. If you have him as your wide receiver five, you're not drafting him because he's going it in the first round. What depends on where I'm drafting from in the first round. If he happens to fall to the end of that first round and I'm sitting there on the clock and these other guys ahead of him are off the board, yes, I will take him. They're not but all going to be off the board. what you are basically banking on is, Don't make well, assumptions it's, about my draft. it's going to be what it was last year, which could absolutely be true. I would rather take the little safer bet of a Devontae Adams or a Calvin Ridley, who we know exactly what that passing offense looks like because it's just a little bit more ingrained. So I just think there's a little bit more risk with the Bills offense. Um, and that's why I put him. That's why I just couldn't get him into that top three. All right. Uh, moving on from Stephon Diggs, because that was a wild conversation on him. DeAndre Hopkins, Jake, you have him at two. I have him at five. Kate has him at three. I mean, I think we're all in on DeAndre Hopkins, right? Volume he, is so Are you, though, Kate? Okay, or are you, though, yes. Michelle? Because you have him all no. the way down at number five, and it feels I, like. Would you take him in the first confident. round if he no. fell to the end? That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to come up with. I would not. He's not going to be on any of my teams, right? Because he's going to go earlier than where I have him ranked. I have him S5. Do I think he's going to have a nice season? Absolutely. Is he going to be on any of my teams? at his cost? No, he's not. And I'm okay with that. And I think that's what you guys are saying about Stefan Diggs, which I just think is crazy. Like I want Stefan Diggs on my teams, especially in PPR. Uh, but with DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, we saw last year, again, it was his first year in a new offense. So things can change. It can get better. He was a wide receiver four, got pretty much every target in that offense, like an absurd target share. And now they add it. This is the reason I put him down the five. Like, all I am putting him down is one spot. He played a full 16 games last year, and he was the wide receiver four. So he was actually the wide receiver five in fantasy points per game. So I have him exactly where he ended last year. They're adding in A.J. Green, who I do not expect to do much, but he's going to steal some targets. They added in Rondell Moore, who I think will take time to become something, but he's going to steal targets. They still have Christian Kirk there. So nothing's changed except they added in pieces. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to see the same type of target share, but I'm still giving him, you know, I'm being kind. I'm still putting him as wide receiver five. He was wide receiver five in fantasy points per game last year. I not taking him in the first round. That's all. Yeah, I'm very comfortable taking him. I don't think you him. have to. Uh, you might be able to get him at the turn in the second round or possibly from the middle of the second round, just if everybody's going RB heavy. It's definitely possible, and if that's the case, I'm so comfortable taking him there. Because, Michelle, I honestly think our arguments about uh, DeAndre Hopkins versus Stefan Diggs are the same, just inverted. So same deal. They're both on new offenses, playing with new quarterbacks, and we talk all the time about how it takes some time to get adjusted, yet they both still thrived in those new offenses. Now, what I do want to point out is that his quarterback got his throwing shoulder injured in Week 11. Kyler Murray has a shoulder injury in Week 11. If we only look at Weeks 1 through 10 with a fully healthy, fully healthy Kyler Murray, then we see um, DeAndre Hopkins posting 160 on pace, basically, um, 160 targets. Uh, he was tied with Tyreek Hill for wide receiver two in points per game up to that point. And then he nosedived in weeks 11 through 17, where he's wide receiver 20 in points per game 
I am believing that a lot of that came down to that injury. I think that the passing volume, crazily enough, actually goes up a little bit more because they were relying on Kyler to play through that and do a lot more rushing, uh, I think. And so A.J. Green, I'm not worried about it. I'm just not. And, and he's a, I'm sure he's a good NFL player, but in terms sure of elites, <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins is elite. You do not just take away targets from him just to give to A.J. Green for the sake of it. So uh, I'm not super worried about that. And clearly I'm not either, right? Like I have him scoring exactly what he did last year. We're talking I, about peanuts versus peanuts. Can that we might, get into the juicy that stuff? That might be true, but you're going to have to make these decisions in your draft. Like you're not going to be able to get a Diggs and a Hopkins. You can't draft a Ridley and a Hopkins likely, you know, um, unless you're on the turn and you get lucky and you get them both. So like you're going to have to choose between these guys. And I just, I can't imagine a draft where I'm choosing Hopkins over Diggs. I just, I can't personally. No, Ridley and Diggs becomes a lot closer. I have Diggs at two, Ridley at three. There, you know, if I have a couple drinks in me, I might pick Ridley <laughs> over Diggs. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know if there's a certain amount of drinks I can get to where I'm taking Hopkins over Diggs. I, I don't. I don't. So I do think. Welcome a to the bar of Kate. All right, moving on. <laughs> consensus. Consensus. We have a consensus pick, everybody. <laughs> we do. Which is kind of crazy. At number four, we have the same exact wide receiver all the way through. Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill. Tyreek Hill. Now, we could Marcia, be... Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. We could very likely be too low on this dude, right? He's playing with Patrick Mahomes and the best offense in the NFL. Last year, he was a hell of a lot more consistent than he's ever been in his career, right? Like we've always said, uh, Tyreek Hill is so risky because he's so boomer bust. So you need to like kind of... And when you're drafting, you need to draft him and then someone safer, like a Robert Woods or something like that. But last year... He actually didn't have too many boom games. He did have a 58-point game, which is wild. What? 58-point uh, game. Oh, my god. Which gosh. is kind of like Alvin Kamara, where his ending numbers are kind of skewed because of that. But he still was very good the rest of the year and just always performed, like always scored over 15 points per game, basically, which was nice. Um, but I, I do think that 58-point game kind of skewed his stats there at the end of it. I, uh, why do you have Tyreek at four? Like, I can't really explain it. He's good, right? Like, he's really good. Aren't we all just kind of waiting for this too good to be true wide receiver to take this small step back? And it might be foolish and we might get burned. I don't know how much you can get burned having him at wide receiver four, but you might, you know, almost just be wanting some regression because you're tired of the consistency. That's honestly how it feels to me. And I, I feel kind of stupid having him at four. But again, do I really want to put him above any of those other three? I don't. Um, because I am maybe a little worried that something goes awry this year, even though that's probably unlikely. Yeah, and like I said, I just mentioned Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill. The difference between their scoring of the year was 0 0.3 points. Well, Tyreek Hill scored 15 touchdowns, and Stephon Diggs scored 8. So I'm going to take the guy where I don't have to depend on 15 touchdowns, right? Like, Tyreek Hill's a fine pick, don't get me wrong. And he's going to score a ton of touchdowns next year. He's going to get a lot of yards. That's fine. Like, I'm fine with taking Hill, uh, but that's just the case for me. It's like... If Stephon Diggs scores double-digit touchdowns, he's going to outscore Tyreek Hill. It's just Tyreek Hill doesn't get the same target share that Stephon Diggs does because Travis Kelsey is such a focal point of that offense. But Tyreek Hill is going to be amazing with all of that said. 
Oh, I agree. I, I don't think it comes down. Like, again, this tier of wide receivers, I feel like it just comes down to apples versus apples. You're looking at tiebreakers, essentially. Like, I look at Tyreek Hill, and I think, like, I love the offense that he's on. I love the situation he's in. He's the wide receiver one. He has such a great rapport with his guy. That gives him the bump up. Um, and I, I feel like we have a better idea of how the Kansas City offense operates as compared to, like, a Stephon Diggs, who is my wide receiver six. Yep. All right. Moving on. Number five. I don't want to talk about it. I had DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins. We already talked about him. Jake had Stephon Diggs. We talked about him. And Caitlin. Caitlin. Uh Number five over Stephon Diggs, uh, C.D. Lamb of the Cowboys. Tell me, how do you have him so high? A, Jake and I, or actually, Jake doesn't have C.D. Lamb in his top 12. Whoa. I, I have him at nine. Uh, Jake's going to have to explain how he doesn't I have actually, him at 12. But, Kate, explain why you have him at five over Stephon Diggs and over Justin Jefferson. For me, it literally comes down to projected target volume. Um, I projected Stephon Diggs target volume. Yes. Um, so in my 2020 laugh, if you want, Michelle, in my 2021 projections, I did project the bills offense to take a step back in terms of their overall passing volume. There is no reason for me to project the same to happen with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I, I do think that the bills, like they did such a like tremendous 180. Like, they went from Mr. Run First to Mr. I don't want to run. Like, I, I don't know another clever what? way to yeah, say that. that. <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> they escalated very quickly into the passing game, and I do think that they are going to scale it back just a bit. Not even, like, not even a ton, but I think if you if you scale back the targets even by – five percent and then you also take into account some regression for josh allen a regression in uh not even targets for stefan diggs but just overall efficiency i think that is what bumps him down but cd lamb he was already a top 20 wide receiver in his rookie season with poor quarterback play the poopiest you might say the poop le poopoo le poopoo uh, he was like, that's French for poopy quarterback play. <laughs> um, CD Lamb is going to get the target volume. He has another year of, like, Michelle, you just made the inverse argument of why shouldn't we believe in players with their second season with their quarterback? CD Lamb, he accomplished nearly a thousand receiving yards as a rookie. I, mean, I have him at nine. I clearly like him. I just, I'm not crazy. I don't have him at five. CeeDee Lamb going into second year. I project CeeDee Lamb for a higher target volume than Stephon Diggs. That's wild. How? Jeff, With Amari Cooper there? Than Justin Jefferson. How? Amari Cooper has literally been banged up this entire offseason. Now, I can the see. The entire offseason. And he's been having foot issues. Like, it's not like this is the first time he's ever had foot issues. He's had, uh, what is it, plantar fasciitis? I mean, I think he's going to have a higher target share than Amari Cooper. Don't get me wrong, but he already had 111 targets this in is, his rookie season, Michelle. This is what I'm saying about 
Lamb. He definitely could be more of a touchdown scorer with his body. I do think he can have a, yard, a higher yards for reception with his play style. Sounds like you're talking up C.D. Lamb. As a wide receiver, nine. Yes. Um, I don't think he's going to see 160 targets. What makes C.D. Lamb that much better than Justin Jefferson? Because when I look at the Minnesota Vikings, I see a lot less opportunity You mean for... Justin Jefferson so much better than C.D. Lamb? What did I say? See, the opposite. What makes Justin Jefferson so much better than CeeDee Lamb? Well, A, he saw many more targets. Uh, I mean, when I say many, 14 more you targets. You mean literally 14 he averaged, more targets. He averaged nearly four more yards per reception. He scored more touchdowns. Um, he had a higher catch percentage. So pretty much everything made him better. Um, and then he's going up against an older Adam Thielen who was – he. you saw their roles change last year. Adam Thielen wasn't getting targeted. He did get a lot of touchdowns. But he wasn't getting the same targets as the year went on. Amari Cooper still was. Now, we haven't seen it with Dak, but I don't think Amari Cooper is just going away. I do think Adam Thielen's getting to the age where he might start getting away. Like, Adam Thielen was never that insane talent to begin with. Like, he ended up way outproducing expectations. He was undrafted wide receiver. He was fantastic, had a great career. This is where I think you're just discounting Adam Thielen. Like, it's not like he was a one-hit wonder. Adam Thielen has been... On the scenes, making plays for years, But Michelle. he hasn't been at this athletic piece where he's going to last a long time. And Amari Cooper is younger than Thielen. Like- Michelle, he has been playing with the same quarterback for the past two seasons. Right. We are going to be here forever oh. and debate about every single one of these guys. We need to move See, on. See, this is why wide receivers are interesting. Yes. This is yes. BS. I, I do really like CeeDee Lamb. He's nine. So, Jake, nah. Jake, we didn't even get to you yet. Why is he outside your top 12? Because I, as much as I can't understand Kate having him at five, I can't understand having him outside top 12 either. My, Where is he at? My suspicion is that where I have CeeDee Lamb ranked is probably where or around where you two both have Amari Cooper ranked. Because, spoiler alert, since we're on the subject, might as well talk about my ranking of Amari Cooper, who is at number 10 on this list. I do have him above CeeDee Lamb. Now, it's not by a crazy amount. I'm a reasonable man. I have CeeDee Lamb ranked as my wide receiver 15. So it's not like he's super far down the list. But I still believe this is the last season that we have Amari Cooper being above CeeDee Lamb. Now, that probably changes next year but for this year and i hate to look i don't want to be just a copy and paster who looks at last year and then just extrapolates that onto this year entirely but it's kind of hard to look at what amari did which is sounds he, like that's what you're he doing. bested cd lamb in targets receptions yards catch percentage yards per target red zone target percentage drop as percentage he everything he's as he a should rookie. as the veteran yes he's yeah. cd lamb is a rookie yes now through the first four weeks Small sample size alert. The first four weeks when Dak was fully healthy, that's all we have to look with. Amari Cooper was the wide receiver too in that offense. CeeDee Lamb still very respectable as a wide receiver 22 for a rookie in his first four games. So I'm not discounting that. I do not think that Amari Cooper goes away, as you said, Michelle. And I still believe that, A, he's off pup. So that injury for now is outside of my mind. And maybe it flares up. I'm not projecting that. But... What about all the training camp he's missed compared to all of the training camp that you've seen CeeDee Lamb get all of these reps and literally crush? Like, I haven't heard a negative piece. I've heard plenty of negative feedback. I've heard plenty of positive feedback about everybody, but I haven't heard a single bad thing about CeeDee Lamb. I haven't seen a 
single bed clip. I haven't seen a single bed well, anything. Yeah. I love all of that for CeeDee Lamb, and that's why, again, he's not going to be far outside of my 12. However, Amari Cooper is at the stage in his career. He does not need as much of the training camp as CeeDee Lamb does. So it would be much worse if it, that was flipped, where CeeDee's missing all of that training camp and Amari's not. As it stands, I'm not super worried about that. So anyways, that's my rationale on these wide receivers for Dallas. Yeah, and I have Amari Cooper as my wide receiver 19, so I still think he's going to be heavily involved. He's not far away from my wide receiver 15. Like, it's like five points apart. I cannot wait to revisit these at the end of the no, season. No, I have... You can't revisit me. I have him as the <laughs> wide receiver like, I nine. I'm still super... Let's put that on like, a bumper sticker. You can't revisit me. <laughs> like, like, I have him at nine. I believe in him. I'm just not crazy. Uh, I'm not taking over Stephon Diggs, uh, who's a much like who's a great wide receiver. Like I've never heard of him. Uh, all right, moving on. <laughs> We're gonna fight tonight. Wide receiver six. I want to pick a fight. Oh. I have wide receiver six. I have Justin Jefferson. Jake has Allen Robinson. Kate finally has Stephon Diggs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like literally. Finally, Jake literally had him one spot ago. Okay. Well, anyways, Justin Jefferson, let's talk about him first, because I have him at six. You both have him at seven. So we all clearly are on the same page here with Justin Jefferson. We like him. We're saying, you know, like his his draft price is reasonable, right? Like it's kind of right where we have him last year, put up 1,400 yards as a rookie. And many people might say, well, that's going to regress. I don't really know if that's true, right? He did that on 125 targets. That's not very many targets. Like, that target number could easily go up. Maybe but that should be, like, that's probably most people's case for regression. Like, 15.9 yards per reception. You don't necessarily know that that is going to... Yeah, that could go down, but over. we have to expect the targets to increase. Like, I don't think he's uh, a player of his uh, caliber. Is Why going is to Adam Thielen losing so many targets? Because go to last year, the second half of the year, he was losing targets every single game to Justin Jefferson as he became more involved in the offense. Uh, like, I, I just think Justin Jefferson's going to be the clear wide receiver one here. But even if he doesn't, get, was. even if he doesn't get more targets, you have to expect the receiving touchdowns to go up. Seven, like he did all of that last year. He was so good for fantasy. He was such a good rookie wide receiver. Seven receiving touchdowns. That's it. Yeah, flip so his can... and Adam Thielen's touchdown numbers from last year, and that makes complete sense to me. 14 for Thielen, seven for Jefferson last year. Literally swapped those out for me this year, and that's pretty much where I'm at with these two. Yeah, and he's going to be amazing if he does that. I don't obviously have Jefferson scoring that many touchdowns, and I'm sure you don't either. Or else you'd have him a bit higher than that. But even if he just gets up to 10, he can lose some yards per reception. I do think that target amount will go up. The Vikings defense was very, very bad last year. And you can't just run all the time if your defense is bad. And that's what they tried to do last season. They still just try to run it out. Like, I don't know really what your game plan was. They're going to have to change it up. Now, they did try to fix their defense, but they just got murdered in the preseason. So who knows? I do think they're going to have to throw more often. Kirk Cousins is an accurate quarterback. Like he'll be able to get the ball to him in space, let him work, let him score his touchdowns. I think he's a super safe pick. I don't. If people are worried about taking Justin Jefferson, I'm not whatsoever happy with him at you know at his current price. Yeah, I love it. This offense and the Tennessee offense feels similar to me for fantasy purposes. 
Um, so I can see the case for an A.J. Brown versus Justin Jefferson debate because they would be the elite wide receiver on their respective teams with similar passers and similar passing offenses. And um, But I do love the Justin Jefferson, as he is my number okay. seven. Very nice. And then you have Allen Robinson actually at number six over Justin Jefferson. Kate and I don't have Allen Robinson until 11. We both have him at wide receiver 11. You have him at six, five spots ahead. You have him over guys like A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. Um, so Allen Robinson. Oh, and over Justin Jefferson. So explain yourself. I think it's just uh, it's a respect issue at this point for Allen Robinson. He deserves my <laughs> respect. You know why? I was out on him so hard two years ago in 2019. I was like, this guy will never do anything again. That one year in Jacksonville was a fluke. And then me, he made me look so, so stupid. Um, and he might make me look stupid again this year for opposite reasons. But you look at the last two years, 150 plus targets, 1,150 yards in both of those last two seasons with arguably the same or worse quarterbacking through those two years. I am expecting Justin Fields to take over much, much sooner than later. So if he has to slum it with Andy Dalton for a couple of games, that's totally fine. He's made it worse with comparable quarterbacks. He's made it work with them, I should say. Um, but once Justin Fields takes over, it's basically bye-bye to the second target in my mind, and it's just force-feed Allen Robinson. Um, because why wouldn't you? And uh, last year, you know, five games of single-digit fantasy points. Excuse me, in the last two years, five games in single digits. That is consistency. That is lovely. He also had the boom games with 12 where he had 20-plus fantasy points. That is a third-plus of all games where he won you your week. So I love him, and he makes me feel nice and secure. Yeah, one one year a week might be a little strong there because he was a wide receiver three or worse um, in 56% of his games last year. He's not um, he's not a high upside guy, right? Like, it, he can have weeks where he scores you 25 points. That's nice. But, like, 25 points from a wide receiver, you're always going to take that. But it's not like he has that potential to be like, oh, my goodness, I won my week because of Allen Robinson. Like, he scored me 40 points. Like, he doesn't have that upside. And then he also has a pretty – I don't even want to say low floor, but he does score 10 points quite a lot. Or like He had 6.3, 10 .3, 11, 10 .3, 12 .3, 5 .7. Like 11, 10.3, 12.3, 5.7. That's a lot of games of just like, meh, you can get that out of anybody. And you have to still draft him early. Now, the reason I still have him in my top 12, like I honestly, like I'm never going to have Allen Robinson on my roster. But he ends there. Like he just always ends in the top 12. It's what he does. So you just kind of have to put him there because he's he is consistent enough throughout the entire year and has stayed healthy the last two years. So if he stays healthy, especially with Justin Fields, you're so right. Love him with Justin Fields. But the touchdown I number goes have. up with Fields, is right? I mean, that's Maybe. what I'm expecting. Is if that offense, it cannot get worse with Justin Fields. Is my thought. So there's going to be a lot more scoring opportunities for that Bears offense, and so those. Touchdown numbers, it's a lot easier for me to see him getting double-digit touchdowns for once this year since that magical year in Jacksonville. I can finally see it again this year. I don't know if he's going to get double-digit touchdowns from a rookie quarterback. I love Justin Fields more than any rookie um, this year. 
I just I, I don't know if a rookie quarterback is going to support a, a, a guy getting double-digit touchdowns. But, you know, Allen Robinson is super talented. There is a video out there where it's like, you know, Mitch Trubisky actually got the ball in an area where Allen Robinson could definitely catch it. Like, if you're an elite wide receiver, you catch those balls. Like, they're not easy, but you catch them, and he just didn't come down with any of them. So it's like, okay, like, at a certain point, like, kind of step up, you know? And he always gets 150 targets, like literally on the dot, 151 targets, three out of four years. And then, uh, dear Allen Robinson, yeah. step up, man. <laughs> so like he's going to be heavily utilized. That's why I have him in there. But it's just it kind of feels like a Joe Mixon pick for me. No, no. Why like, would you compare he, him to he who we like don't Alan, name? I I would rather take Allen Robinson, but. You know, it's kind of one of those guys who gets a lot of touch, like a lot of touches slash targets, and they don't do a whole lot with them. But you know, they're going to get so much volume that it's not going to matter yeah. if they can stay healthy. Yeah, <laughs> let's move on to somebody else. This is depressing me okay. now. <laughs> okay, moving on to our wide receiver seven, which we just talked about. I had Justin Jefferson at six. You had, you both had Justin Jefferson at seven. Now, I have A.J. Brown at 7, which Jake has A.J. Brown at 9, and Kate somehow does not have A.J. Brown in the top 12. Kate's rankings are giving me a heart attack and making me sweat. Uh, so I am at 7. You know, all he does is perform when he's out in the field. He did it last year with two hurt knees. Uh, yes, Julio Jones will take away some targets, but that offense is so efficient. I'm not worried about it. And, you know, Julio Jones has never been a touchdown scorer in his career. He just has been a volume guy. He's been a volume guy, but he hasn't been a touchdown guy. And A.J. Brown has not been a volume guy. That's not what we've been relying on. We've been relying on his efficiency, yards after the catch, yards per reception, and touchdowns, which is all things he's good at. And I don't think that's going to go away this year. So I'm still happy with him at the wide receiver seven. Is he more of a risky pick? Sure. But I have him at wide receiver seven. I think everyone after this is pretty risky, honestly. Like, there's some risk involved. Yeah. So I have him at seven. I feel good about it. Jake, you have him at nine, so I feel like you might feel the same way. Same about deal. Him. It's just that little Julio down bump, basically. But it's not. I'm not expecting yeah. him to steal everything. Uh, but you know, yeah, you're looking at a guy who's just barely passed a thousand yards in each of the last two seasons. So totally an efficiency thing, touchdown thing. He's just gonna go down a little bit, and that's fine. Yeah, uh, great. So Kate, you got him outside the top twelve. So explain, explain that. We are talking about PPR, are yeah. we not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I would say that I'm going to give the edge to people that are going to catch the ball more often. Would you not? Was A.J. Brown not the wide receiver 12 last year in PPR in 14 games played with two hurt knees? It's weird how you was he have, not him, the, have him ranked one, two, as three, the wide four, receiver. Five, was he not he the was, wide receiver six in points per game in PPR last year? So it's weird how you... You have him as the wide receiver seven uh, in terms of uh, his ranking right now. And that's the highest he's finished. And he was the wide receiver one at that point. And he didn't have to worry about any volume being taken away. Julio Jones was brought into this offense for a reason. How many times do I have to tell you? I don't know. But A.J. Brown, like, it is not an efficiency thing for me. I think... Efficiency across the board is a good thing with Julio Jones in the offense. If you have A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry, 
I don't care who else is on that offense. It's good. And that is why I think Ryan Tannehill is one of the most underrated fantasy assets for the 2021 season. Because everybody's so high on all of these wide receivers, but nobody wants to take the quarterback. Explain that. It's that fine. is wild. It's fine. That's that's a different episode. Um, but I do think that like we need to sort of distinguish here uh, the difference between league formats. Like if you are in a standard league, I do think AJ Brown should be higher. But if we're talking PPR, which is our standard, I do think that you got to give the edge to Julio Jones. Again, across the board, I think this offense will be efficient. But A.J. Brown, when it comes to A.J. Brown, I do think that there are a few wide receivers that are going to catch more targets than A.J. Brown, period. All right. All right. I, I, I get the Julio concerns. I still am okay taking him. but It's a volume If concern. you want to pivot to another guy, I'm okay with that. It's not a real-life wide receiver concern. Yeah. And, like, I have C.D. Lamb at nine, which we already talked about. Um, and by the time I get to my redrafts, maybe I take C.D. Lamb over A.J. Brown. I don't know yet. I don't know. Uh, but it's very flexible. Moving on to wide receiver eight. We all have actually different wide receivers, which we're going to hit Woo! on very, very quickly because this is running – a little long. So Cooper Cup, I have at wide receiver eight. Jake has Keenan Allen, which I do not have in my top 12, by the way. And then Kate has Terry McLaurin, which neither Jake or I have in the top 12. So we're a little bit different because also I just mentioned I have Cooper Cup and Jake nor Kate has Cooper Cup in the top 12. So we all picked guys where we do not agree whatsoever. The drama. <laughs> so I'll... I'll Jake, explain your Keenan Allen because I'm a little bit worried actually about him. In the new offense, I do think Mike Williams will be a little bit more um, involved. I think Austin Eckler will be more involved. I have him as my wide receiver 18. Wow. His yards per reception is pretty low. He doesn't score touchdowns. Not loving it. So explain your case to me. It is the volume play. I mean, he is the definition of a volume play for PPR formats. When you look back over his last four seasons with the Chargers, he hasn't finished with fewer than 136 targets. That's his absolute bottom. Now, I know that we all love Mike Williams and we have high hopes for Mike Williams. And it looked like he was flashing last year before he got injured. Um, I'm still not willing to buy in enough that it moves Keenan Allen down that much for me. Um, And he's never been a touchdown scorer, so Mike Williams can have them touchdowns. That's fine. It's not going to impact Keenan Allen enough. Uh, He's literally had six, 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 and eight touchdowns over the last four years. So keep that steady. I can't see him all of a sudden dropping to two and freaking everybody out. I know his his average depth of target is bad. Um, And I understand that's probably uh, a big reason for not having him in the top 12 for you, Michelle. But I'm comfortable enough with what he'd done the previous three seasons before last year's kind of drop in that category. So I'm still fine with him. And I think that this whole offense, I need as much of these guys as possible. So give me Keenan Allen. Yeah, I will say... I'm a little bit worried because he went from six, six, six touchdowns to eight. Like that could drop back down to his uh, normal. Like even before that, it was zero, four, four. Like he's been typically a six touchdown kind of guy. He went up to eight last year. What do you want with Justin Herbert? Justin Herbert's pretty great. So I'll still, I'll still allow him to have eight. 
It's just, I, yeah, I don't, I just don't see the upside with Keenan Allen, but you know, he'll, he'll be fine. I think he's a fine wide receiver too. You know, he's safe. He's good. He's solid. Uh, I am a wide receiver 19, so I, or wide receiver 18. So I, I have him as a wide receiver too. And I do think he's probably one of the safest wide receiver, wide receiver twos that you can take. Like he's going to perform. He's going to be fine. Okay. Terry McLaurin, explain why you have him in the top 12 when we don't. Because I have him at, uh, ooh, where do I have him? Wide receiver 21, which I think is too low. I have met 13, so he's just outside my top 12. I'll be changing that because I I already see some players. Like, he's at least my wide receiver 19, I'll say. Wide receiver 19. Seems a little low, but that's fine. Um, I, I mean, Terry McLaurin, I like, I can't say enough good things about Terry McLaurin, obviously a little bit older when he came into the NFL, but he has been in the NFL two seasons and has, uh, recorded for the record, 919 receiving yards, seven touchdowns and 1,118 receiving yards, four touchdowns. Is that that amazing i mean no it it is not that amazing michelle but i would like you to consider the quarterback play that he's been working with um and he's actually been playing with a pretty decent defense so like you're looking at a team that hasn't necessarily need to needed to throw 600 times isn't he still playing catch up he's gonna be playing with one of the best defenses this year he will but i do project him to play with a uh, riskier quarterback. not Maybe not riskier, but risque quarterback. I get what you're saying. Like, Michelle, I, let me finish. No, hold on. no, no, no. I wanted Michelle. to say, Ryan Fitzpatrick has never thrown for 4,000 yards in a season, and he's only had more than 24 touchdowns one time in his entire career. because he never gets to he's play the full seven, season, Michelle. Now he, he finally gets to play the full season. Years. He's had two, he's had one, two, three seasons. Who are you projecting? Hold on. He's had three seasons playing 16 full games, right. 24 touchdowns, 24 touchdowns. He did have a 31 touchdown year, but that's his very max. Michelle, do you he know He played how many- 15 games one year, 20 touchdowns. I have like, a question. He just doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. Um, do you know how many touchdowns the Washington football team scored last season? And do you know the ratio of touchdown to interceptions? From their passers. Don't look at my computer, Michelle. <laughs> 19 to 16. They threw. Oh, 28 to 18. No, no, no. That, sorry, that was 2019. I clicked off of it so you wouldn't see, but now I have to click back. 28 to 16. That's not bad. No, it's 16 Passing Six, touchdowns, uh, two sixteen interceptions. I was pretty close. <gasps> I said nineteen to sixteen. But it's sixteen except, to sixteen. I'm except so good at this game. You projected them for three more passing touchdowns. So let's imagine that Ryan Fitzpatrick throws twenty five touchdowns. That is more opportunity for scoring touchdowns. Like, well, you hopefully have to- Terry McLaurin scored four. You have to hope that doubles. And if that doubles, he still has eleven hundred yards and eight touchdowns. Very good, but that's not a top twelve kind of guy. Michelle, it's just not. Look at the quarterback. I literally like if I, his touchdowns double. Michelle, he's still not a top twelve guy. There was not a single quarterback on his offense last season that threw more than six touchdowns. There were two quarterbacks that he played with for the majority of the season that threw 
between a 2.1 to 2.4. do you have Terry McLaurin projected for more than eight receiving touchdowns? Jake, do you? Because that would be I've basically given him Devontae Parker's stat line from 2019, and I honestly think that I'm shortchanging him because Devontae Parker in 2019, with Fitzpatrick not playing the entirety of the season, but a good chunk, had just over 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. I think that's very attainable for Terry. I think he's inarguably a better receiver than Parker. And so I honestly think I should bump the yardage up a little bit there. Um, But that's what I could see. Uh, The defense is what's keeping me from doing that. Yes. That's what I was going to say. When with Devontae Parker in 2019, the Dolphins were one of the worst teams in the NFL. They had a terrible defense. It changed this year. So they had to throw a lot. They didn't have a running back whatsoever. You have two running backs on Washington. Antonio Gibson, who can carry a workload, and then J.D. McKissick, who's going to steal targets. That's completely different than what you... Ryan Fitzpatrick led the Dolphins in rushing yards uh, in 2019. So completely different situation. They're going to run it. Like, I, I just... I don't even know if you can give them Devontae Parker's stats. You have Terry McLaurin at nine receiving touchdowns, which I do think is too high. But I was saying eight. You think it's too high? Literally in 2019, he had seven. And that was his rookie season. Who could it be getting these touchdowns if it's not Terry McLaurin? Literally, like, so you finally, you finally take... In 12 games, okay, you can have nine. In 12 games. But then everyone else, you have to up two. So, like, I'm saying everyone else you're comparing. I don't know. I, I don't. I have him still as a wide receiver, too. You know, inside my wife's receiver two range. Are we keeping track of the bets? Because I want another bet. And I want to make another big one. This took way too long. Uh, Terry McLaurin over... I have Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup? Yeah. All right. So Terry McLaurin... All right. We'll bet it. We got to write it down. Beats Cooper Cup. And you chugged two White Claws. That's fine. Cooper Cup. I want to drink it. So I hope I lose. Cooper Cup... Uh, is my wide receiver eight. And uh, we don't have to get into discussion here too much. I've talked about him before. Volume. No, it's it's really not about volume, right? Like, he had 134 targets in 2019, 124 in 2020. So he hasn't been a huge volume guy. Now, I will say, like, the something happened to the Rams at the end of the season, and they just completely fell apart but from weeks one through ten cup was on a pace for 146 targets now it was just for 1155 yards and three touchdowns like so the three touchdowns is what's killing you here right but we've seen cooper cup be a massive touchdown guy in his career he scored 10 touchdowns in 2019 he was on pace for 12 touchdowns in 2018 like he is a touchdown dude Three touchdowns last year is just a massive outlier. We saw Calvin, Jens- Calvin Johnson uh, have like no touchdowns that one year, but have like 1,900 receiving yards. Like it just happens with some guys. I'm not comparing Cooper Cup to Calvin Johnson. I'm just saying like it, touchdowns can go up and down, especially when you have a track record of scoring touchdowns in your career, which Cooper Cup does have. His yards per reception were way, way down last year at 10.6. The year before that, it was 12.4. The two years before that, he was at 14.0 and 14.2. So it's like we know he can be targeted further down the field. He's a very good route runner. Matthew Stafford's going to find him. And there's like this weird narrative out there that Matthew Stafford, you know, isn't going to use his slot receiver as much. And that's why Robert Woods is going to be so much better than Cooper Cup. It's like, 
they played basically the same amount of snaps out of the slot last year. Cooper Cup played 336 snaps out of the slot. Robert Woods was at 294. So 40 difference in snaps in the slot. So both guys play on the outside. Both guys play in the slot. They move them all around. That's what makes Sean McVay, McVay's offense so great most of the time. Uh, you know, last year at the end of the year was not so great. I expect Matthew Stafford to fix that. And I fully expect him to be the, I expect him to get around 140 targets, his yards per reception to go up. And I think he is a double digit kind of touchdown kind of guy because that's always what he was before this last year. So I'm down for Cooper Cup in the top 12. Happy to take him. And I will be Cooper Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. And I will be taking him over your loser man. Terry Which one? I don't, Which one? Terry McLaurin. Are actually, man. I do love. I do love Terry. You've McLaurin. actually been the biggest Terry. McLaurin I'm a fan, huge Terry so. McLaurin fan. Michelle, I never, I never want to hear you taking Terry McLaurin in a fantasy football draft. <laughs> I won't again. take him because he's too. You're banned. He's no, too you're expensive. Banned. All right, moving on. We actually have already talked about all of our wide receivers nine. So I have C.D. Lamb at nine. Jake has A.J. Brown at nine. Kate has Keenan Allen at nine. We've talked about all of those guys. So moving on to wide receiver 10. DK Metcalf. I have DK Metcalf. That's the More first like time. DK Decaf. That's the first time we heard his name, which might be stressing some people out. Uh, Jake has DK at 11. Kate doesn't have DK in her top 12. Nope. So again, she's going to have to explain herself. But moving on throughout the 10s, Jake had Amari Cooper, who we already talked about. And then Kate has Deontay Johnson, my boy. My boy, I can't believe you have him higher than me. I have Deontay Johnson at 12. Jake does not have Deontay in his top 12. So he's um, officially, this is his last episode with Ball Blast. It was fantastic to get you. You have him at wide receiver 12. You haven't even given him proper due in your own rankings. (laughs) (laughs) I need to know where he is in your rankings, but we'll get to that in a second. DK Metcalf. Kate and I both have him at 10 and 11. I think we're both kind of worried about the volume. No, you and Jake have him at 10 and oh, 11. Sorry. Jake, you and I have him at 10 and 11. I do not have DK Metcalf top 12 AMA. Listen, I want to be really high in DK. I think his talent is absolutely amazing. And I can't get him lower than this because if they do pass a lot, he's going to be absolutely amazing. But if we see what, if, you know, the Seahawks do what they did at the end of last year, we're going to be screwed. Because from weeks 10 through 17, these were his points. 4.8, 13.6. He had a really good game at 27.7. 13. He had a decent game at 18. 9.3, 11.9, 5.1. It's a lot of meh games. And a lot of really, really like terrible games where he's losing you weeks. With the 4.3, 4.8, 5.1, and 9.3. Six games, six games as a wide re- wide receiver three or worse. Yeah, out of just after week seven. Like, it, it, it was ugly. Um, Not cool. He started off the year so hot. Yeah, he started off the year so hot. But if they do run a lot, they still have Tyler Lockett they're going to use. I do think, like, all the receptions are basically going to DK and Tyler Lockett. It's just, like, how consistent is he going to be? I don't love it. I do love the player so much, so it hurts me. But at least I still have him in the top 12. Jake, Michelle, do you, do you I feel love me? DK Metcalf. You know I love yeah, DK I know, Metcalf. I know. Jake, do you feel me there? I really do, and I've honestly debated if I have him too high at wide receiver 11. 
I keep hanging my hat on this, that they have to finally let Russell Wilson orchestrate the offense the way that he wants to, because <laughs> we saw the distinct differences in what happened, right? <laughs> Last year was the example. But we always say never should be trusting coaches to make rational decisions. And so for that reason, I'm actually scared of him at wide receiver 11. It was just a little tough for me to get anybody over him, knowing what he could do if that offense is allowed to hum. Yep, exactly. Like, if he's being utilized, he's going to be a top, you know, top seven wide receiver pretty easily. Like, he's that good. He can he can win you weeks. And I think that's why I'd still want to take DK over Allen Robinson because Allen Robinson might have a, a little bit safer floor from week to week, but DK can actually win you weeks with 40-point games, and Allen Robinson just – we haven't seen that a in lot safer his floor, portfolio. Let's say a lot safer floor. Yeah. Like literally much safer floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I would still rather take the upside with DK over Allen Robinson. I say that, and I have Allen Robinson at 11, so they're pretty close. <laughs> I have DK at 10, Allen Robinson at 11. But if I'm looking at a draft, I'm taking DK. Um now we get on to Deontay you didn't Johnson. Even ask me about what? Oh, sorry, DK Metcalf. Why do you have him outside the top twelve? Because he's poo. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not poo. I love DK Metcalf. <laughs> but we've said, uh, Jake, as you've said, as I've said, don't assume rational coaching. They literally so like after we saw them tank at the end of last season, once they stopped letting Russ cook. We literally saw Pete Carroll come out and say, we need to let Russ cook less. Like, we need to run as much as possible. And we need to involve Russell Wilson less. Which, what the hell? What the fucker? What? I, I mean, I don't understand that at all. As somebody who watches the games, I don't understand it at all. You want the ball in Russell Wilson's hands. You want to target DK Metcalf as much as possible. But... It doesn't seem that that's the case in Seattle. Um, they were dissatisfied at how things worked out last season, and you saw how hot Russell Wilson was to start out. It was once you took the ball out of his hands that the offense collapsed. Out. I'm out. And yep. especially at that price, because to draft DK Metcalf, you have to draft him probably like top six. Yeah, I mean... Among wide receivers, yeah, not yeah, overall. Yeah. Moving on to your 10th wide receiver, which is my 12th. So we'll both knock out Deontay Johnson here. Bada bing. We've been talking about him all offseason long. I don't think it's necessary to actually get into it. If you have more questions, just come into my DMs. And at, at Ball Blast, I'm Ball Blast DM on Twitter. I'll give you all the information you want. But um, I've said so much about Deontay Johnson, but this is kind of a new one. So Deontay Johnson, like I, I think gets kind of the shade because earlier in the season, he did deal with a lot of injuries. So he started the game and he played, but he would leave, right? Like, cause he was dealing with a back injury and he had to miss some time. Um, and it happened like a couple games and then there was a bye week and then he missed a game. Like then it happened a lot. Yeah. Like it happened a lot. So people kind of got annoyed with it, but then you're looking at all these games and you're looking at the points per game. You're like, Oh, he didn't do that. Well, it's like, no, like he played like five snaps, like get over it. Like you got to look at the games he actually played. So after Deontay Johnson got over his early season injuries, he finished the season scoring 17 points per game from week seven through 17. Like that's not a small sample size. That's 11 games. And I'm still including a game that he scored 1.6 points 
So week seven through with 17, 11 game sample size, including in one six point game, and he averaged 17 points per game. That's the same amount of points per game as Justin Jefferson last year. Like Deontay Johnson was nothing but amazing when he was healthy on the field. So I'm all in on Deontay Johnson. I might have him too low at 12 in PPR, but you know, there's other guys that just have a higher ceiling, I guess. But I do think actually Johnson has a high ceiling. He scores touchdowns. Like he's fine. Uh, the Steelers should score a lot of touchdowns. The offense should open up with a new coordinator. I'm so sick of hearing about the drops. He had 50% of his drops last year in three straight games. 50% of his drops happened in a three-game stretch. Never had issues with drops as a rookie year. Never had issues with drops in college. Like, he went through a bad three-game stretch. Get over it. Get over it. Yeah, jerks. Get over it. You have have one good stat to share about Deontay. I do. Uh, We were just... Taking some time, we're looking at uh, using the Rotoviz, uh, which tool is it? The player stat explorer yeah. tool. Um, shout out to them, they're amazing. We're taking a look at the percentage of weeks that wide receivers finish as like a top 12 wide receiver versus a top 24 wide receiver versus how many times did you bust? And number of wide receiver one weeks in 2020, when you're looking at the percentage of games played. Deontay Johnson, 40% of his games played resulted in a wide receiver one performance. That was literally equal to that of Calvin Ridley, who I have ranked as my wide receiver one. Stephon Diggs, who you're probably drafting, what, three three rounds ahead of? This guy, uh, you are getting a 31% uh, wide receiver one performance rate. Allen Robinson... 31 wide receiver one performance rate. Uh, Justin Jefferson was a wide receiver one. 31% of his games. DK Metcalf, 25% of his games resulted in wide receiver one weeks. So moral of the story, Deontay Johnson's good. It's good. Because that's also including his games that he played, you know, fewer than 20 snaps in those games, which is at least two of them. Uh, and then he missed the game, so but that one I guess isn't included. But it does include his two games that he started and did not finish. So forty percent is pretty amazing. That's that's nice. Deontay Johnson's the dude. Jake, why don't you have him here? Where where do you have him? It's at? A, I have him at wide receiver seventeen currently. Uh, and it, Ooh, boo. oh, you stop boo. it! It's five down boo. from where you have him. Uh, but Deontay Johnson, it is a little bit of the is it him or Chase Claypool? I am out on Juju Smith-Schuster being the top in anything, categorically, for the Steelers this year. Um, Targets, receptions, touchdowns, all of that. I'm out on him. But Chase Claypool still is very interesting. I know he got a little dinged up here this week. Doesn't seem like it's anything too serious. I, if I'm going to shoot for the upside in that offense, I might still want Claypool. And that's really my only hesitation about moving Deontay up higher. I do have Claypool just a couple of spots behind him currently. Um, cause I am kind of backing on that offense, but for right now, he'll, he'll stay pat. We'll see. Boo. 
All right. Moving on to wide receiver 11. Uh, I had Allen Robinson. Jake had DK Metcalf. Kate had Allen Robinson. We already talked about all three of those guys. Moving on to wide receiver 12. I had Deontay Johnson, which we just talked about. Jake has Robert Woods, which neither Kate or I have Robert Woods in the top 12. I actually don't even have him close to that. Um, And Kate has T. Higgins in the top 12, which I actually do have him close to the top 12. But that's still very bold. So, Jake, let's start with you. You have Robert Woods. What makes you feel so confident that a guy like Robert Woods, who's always been like, meh, uh, is going to get into the top 12 this year? That is not Robert yeah. Woods. Uh, no, I, we, it, we it did really talk about so. this on the Safe Players episode a lot, so I won't go too much into this. But, you know, for a guy who's meh, he finished wide receiver 11, wide receiver 14, wide receiver 13 the last three years. That is not meh to me. That is actually fantastic he fringe so wide annoying. receiver one. And it's just, I, I I understand that the upside is probably not as much as Cooper Cup, who you have a few spots higher here. But what I love is that he didn't have a single game with five, excuse me, with fewer than five targets in any game last year. He's only had four of those games over the last three seasons. And one of those was a meaningless week 17 games. He gets fed. Sean McVay loves him. He loves him. And yes, he's utilized all over the field. He gets those little pop passes, those little end arounds. He gets some rushing work tossed in there too, which is nice for his floor. And now we get to see him with Matt Stafford. So it's an automatic quarterback upgrade. We know that he can be a deep guy. He was not used that way at all last year. You saw a big drop back in those uh, yardage stats for him. For kind of a weird reason, the previous two seasons, he got used a lot more deep. I think we're going to see that return this year with Stafford. So, uh, And again, he doesn't need touchdowns. He's never been a huge touchdown guy. He did compete with Cup last year, though, for touch, excuse me, for red zone target percentage. They were neck and neck. It was, uh, I think, 20.8% to 22.6%. Not saying that's going to necessarily hold up, but it's nice to know that Woods can do that. Um, and with Stafford, it's just, uh, you know, he rises all ships. I have him as my wide receiver 23. Gross. That's gross and disrespectful. So, I won't yeah, hear it's it. It's actually really bad analysis. He's very low for me. Um, I Clearly, you you heard, I, I, I think Cooper Cup is the guy to have in this offense. And am I likely too low on Robert Woods? Is he likely to end higher than that? Yeah. But I just don't have any desire to draft him. Like, he just doesn't give me any uh, high enough ceiling in any given week. I'm clearly the ceiling player, right? Like, mm-hmm. I want a ceiling. Um, I'm okay with a low floor as long as you can win me a week. Like, I, I like those advantages there where I can just win a week. You are either the moon that's not or Woods. the bottom of a volcano with every single player. Yes. Yeah, I kind of am. Uh, but Deontay Johnson's kind of my middle field there, right? Deontay Johnson's never going to kill you in game unless he gets hurt because he's going to have 10 targets. And he's going to be pretty amazing. Kate, your last player here that we're going to talk about, you have T. Higgins, which I do have T. Higgins as my wide receiver 14. So very, very close here. I I just believe uh, A in the player, B in the touchdown upside, C in the opportunity within that offense. Like, that defense is absolute trash. I'm so sorry. One of our best friends, Elise, is a diehard Bengals fan. Your defense is trash, honey. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's not going to happen this year. 
Um, like they made all these moves at defense, and I think they're just generally lateral moves. So if you if you recognize the fact that they had to pass last year, they're going to have to pass this year. You have T. Higgins, a second year wide receiver. You have Joe Burrow, who like camp reports started out rough. It sounds like things are slowly improving throughout the course of training camp as he gets more comfortable. The volume is there. I love the player. I love the fact that he is six foot four inches tall. Touchdown upside. Like, I just think he's he's the complete package. Um, I'm really excited for everything that the Bengals are going to do, except hashtag bingo card Joe Mixon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we didn't get that in today. Now you do. I know. I did. Oh, I just I did. did. No, I said Alan Robinson was like Joe Mixon. Of course oh, I. That's true. Now we can double stamp it. Yeah. Now you can double stamp it. All right. Bang. That is it. I didn't want to just mention really really quickly that Kate and I actually both have Chris Godwin as our wide receiver thirteen. He is an honorable mention. I do think he's going to be the wide receiver one for the Bucks this year. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns. He's going to get a lot of targets, a lot of receptions for PPR. Uh, but then you do have that Mike Evans, you know, stealing touchdowns. Rob Gronkowski stealing touchdowns. AB coming into his second year. There's a little bit of risk there. That's why he's moved down to my wide receiver 13. But I still do love him, and I love him at his cost. Jake, where do you have Chris Godwin? I have him at wide receiver 15, I believe, so not too far off. Okay. So very, very close. So I just want to throw him a little mention there to make sure we're not just uh, fading him too much. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's show. Uh, I am Michelle your host, and you can find me at Ballblastem on Twitter, Ballblastem. And I'm Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallblast. And I'm Jake. You can follow me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to tune in every Thursday as we help prepare for your fantasy football leagues. We are almost there, guys. Like, you're going to get into your draft so soon. Make sure to go check out our draft kit on ballblastfootball.com. You can buy it from the merch store. We are there to help you succeed in your fantasy football drafts. Um, And then, of course, go give us that nice five-star review. And we will be giving out T-shirts for our favorite reviews every single week. Thank you again for listening. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.